Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is being aired on Tuesday, August 6th, 2019. I'm Shannon, and I'm here today with an interview with author Sherry LaPena, which I did last week and had a lot of fun doing, so I hope all of you enjoy it. And after that, of course, we will have the guide to this week's new releases, and there are a bunch of them. Periodically, I'll go through and I'll just find so many things to talk about. And I'll think, wow, like this has to be like the biggest new release week of the year. Um, I was almost going to just start the episode off by saying that. And then I realized that I think I've probably said it before. And there can only be one like biggest new release week. So I don't know if this is it or not, but it is definitely one of them. So before we dive into the episode, I want to go over the usual housekeeping information and then we'll go on with the interview. So you can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Book Bistro Podcast. If you're on Facebook, you can ask to join our um, listener group where you can chat with us as well as with other podcast listeners. Um, We welcome book recommendations, episode discussion, pretty much anything as long as it has to do with books. And on Twitter, of course, you can tweet directly at us or you can send us a message. And if you'd rather just send us an email, you can do that as well. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you, no matter which way you choose to get in touch. All right. So let's move on to the interview. Again, this is Canadian author Sherry LaPena. And we're going to talk about her new novel, Someone We Know, and just kind of her writing in general. So I hope you all enjoy it. Welcome to another edition of Book Bistro. I'm Shannon, and with me today is internationally best-selling author Sherry LaPena. And her latest novel, Someone We Know, was released in the U.S. and Canada on July 30th. So, Sherry, welcome to Book Bistro, and thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. So, can we start by giving listeners to the podcast a little bit of an introduction to someone we know? Sure. Um, So, someone we know is about uh, people in a neighborhood in upstate New York, and what happens is two things happen. One is a woman called Amanda, who lives on the street, goes missing. And her husband reports her missing. And then her dead body is found uh, a short time later. And there's an investigation into who murdered this woman. And at the same time, there's a strand where there's a teenage boy called Raleigh Sharp, who has been breaking into neighbors' houses to hack into their computers. And uh, he finds out some secrets about his neighbors. And when his mother, Olivia, finds out, she's mortified that he's been breaking into people's houses. And so she sends anonymous apology letters around um, telling people what had happened. And so these two strands kind of uh, operate in the novel. And 
the murder investigation proceeds and all the neighbors start to suspect each other of this murder and even their own spouses and friends. So it's a, a story where suspicion is constantly shifting among the characters about who actually did the murder. So I love parts um, of the novel where we see things from Raleigh's point of view and he'll think mm. to himself, well, I'm not a criminal. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. You know what you know what teenagers are like. It's like they don't have that that developed in their brain yet where they see the consequences of their options and they um the decision making isn't completely there yet. So uh, no, no, yeah. sometimes it is not. Yeah. So I really but he love... was fun to write. Oh, was he? I oh, could yeah. see that. I could yeah. see that. And I love when he's like really angry about everything and he'll kind of think like oh maybe this is my fault but still <laughs> I'm mad at you know my parents yeah <laughs> so one of the other things that struck me as I read this book was the constant peeling back of layers so that readers could learn more and more about each of these characters like you would have an idea in your mind of who this person was but at least I personally was constantly having to reevaluate that um, when you were writing this this book, did you know all of the secrets that the characters were hiding like ahead of time, or did they kind of reveal themselves to you as you wrote? Yeah, no, I definitely didn't know them ahead of time. I I sort of work by the seat of my pants, and these things develop um, organically as I write the story. So I find things out about my characters as I find things out about the story, and okay. when I have two characters together having coffee something will come out and I'll think oh I didn't know that so I'm often surprised myself when I'm writing by my characters so is it hard to write a thriller then when you don't necessarily know all the things about your characters like how do you know if what they reveal to you will totally like derail your plot yeah you know what I don't even know the answer to that I just work away and I try to keep an open mind and I try to keep a lot of balls in the air at once and I just kind of trust my unconscious brain to have it all work out in the end <laughs> so I just want to be clear that you know that's how I write my first draft I don't want anyone to think that that's the book that they're getting at the end I do a ton of <laughs> I do a ton of rewriting and revision I have very good editors for me, the first draft is about getting to know the characters, getting to know the bare bones of the story. And then I go back and I, I think about how I can increase the tension. Sometimes I lose whole characters. Sometimes I'll, I, I, I seldom bring in a character. I don't think I ever bring in a new character. I might have, I don't know, but I, I will lose characters that aren't working hard enough in the story. I will, um, I'll, I'll, Look at some of like I'll look at things and see have I been too obvious here or have I been not clear enough on a hint about something. But mostly, it develops as I go along, and the the, the overall story doesn't change that much. Although I did change the ending on this um, after I finished it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was really intrigued by the ending because there's like this wide open thing that you leave where you're like, you know, now, like, what are these people going to do? Um, and I don't want to say a ton about that because it will spoil a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But 
I do want to say that I was very intrigued by the way you chose to end the novel. You know, I often leave my novels like that at the end where they're a bit open-ended. So you, you're sort of left with the feeling that these characters go on living after the end of the book and they have lives beyond the pages and you wonder what's going to happen next. So I, I do like to do that. Um, and I, you know, I get to know my characters really well and I care, care about them. So that I, I sort of think about, well, how are they going to cope now after all of this? So do you ever know the answer? Like, do you ever think about like what these people might be doing now that you're not writing about them? No, not so much because mostly because I'm already on to the next book. So basically when I get this book in, um, you know, it'll be in say the end of April where it, when it's finished, I start my new book at the beginning of May. So I'm already now I'm promoting someone we know, but I'm half the way through my first draft on my next book with completely different characters, completely different names. So I don't really okay. have the luxury of time to think about uh, my characters. Once I'm done with them, I'm, I'm rushing off to the next thing. Well, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, mm. if you stayed kind of mired in, oh, like, I wonder what this person is doing. Hmm, let's let's figure this out. I'm guessing <laughs> it would be rather um, complicated to it would. write I more have, books. I know. I have um, I have had a lot of requests to, to write a sequel to A Stranger in the House because that one was left not only open-ended but with a real hook at the end. And I do wonder about those characters and what's going to happen to them. Um but I, not enough that I've written a sequel yet. Who knows? Maybe one day I will. It seems that like series fiction is really popular these days. Like everything you read pretty much is part of a series. And so I love that you and a few other authors seem really content to write standalone novels and not kind of dive into these huge long running series. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to write series. Like part of me, I thought about it because um, when you're writing thrillers, often they want you to do a book a year, and that's that's a lot. So writing series is one way to handle the workload because if you already have your setting and your characters established, and you just have to um, come up with a new storyline. Then um, that's a bit easier than writing a standalone from scratch each year. However, the problem I have a couple problems with it. One one is that to write a series, you sort of have to focus on the police characters as your main characters, because they're the ones coming across a new crime every year. Right. But my natural bent or my own interest is always about the ordinary people. So I'm a lot more interested in the ordinary people who are affected by the crime, the people mm -hmm. that do the crime, the, the victims of the crime, the people who suspect their spouses of the crime. Those are who really, really interest me. And, you know, I need to have police characters in the book. Them. They're part of the book, but they're not the main part of the book. So that being the case, I can't really do series because if I had Olivia and Raleigh and her husband all going through something new each year, then like, honestly, that's just too much for anybody. To no, like that would not be believable. <laughs> you would kind of think like, wow, you know, these four people. Yeah, yeah. So if <laughs> they need if a you're break. Not, yeah. So unless you're writing a police procedural or a private detective or something like that, you can't really do a series, and that's really not my focus I'm interested in the ordinary person who's not normally involved in any kind of crime at all you know just normal everyday people so that's why I don't write series well and I think that that's good you know I love a lot of the series that are out there but I also really like to 
see new characters coming into contact with things that like they're just not they're not used to you know crime doesn't usually affect us in a huge way you know throughout like all of our lives so I really enjoy watching kind of the average person and how they deal with either a crime that you know someone in their family has committed or that has happened to them yeah I think there's a real appeal to that I mean I certainly for me that's what I like to read about and I shouldn't say that I, I do enjoy police procedurals too I, I, I do love to read them um but I'm not particularly comfortable writing them and my like I said my interest I am really interested in the average ordinary everyday person that's that's the psychological psychological part for me whereas the police it's more about procedure and and technique and following clues and I'm really interested in the psychological effects of all this going on so then you're better off working in the families Right. Uh, yeah. Because the so police when, aren't, aren't psychologically affected so much. Like they do this day in, day out. You know, they want to follow the clues and get their guy. But right. They're not, they're not having that psychological freak out that we all love to read about. No, it's not a, a personal thing for them in the way that it is for exactly. the individuals yeah. who are connected. So would you say that you have kind of a, a favorite or least favorite part of writing thrillers? Yeah, <laughs> I would say my favorite part for sure is writing the first draft. So I spend about four or five months writing my first draft where I just, I have my kernel of an idea and I just kind of go freewheeling and I just write my 1500 words a day and I just enjoy it and I see what comes out and follow the story. That's my favorite bit. My least favorite part is the first structural edit that I get back from my editor's after they've read the first draft. So that's usually, you know, pages and pages of notes about <clears throat> how the book could be better. And it's always a little deflating <laughs> to get that. But uh, we all get those letters and then we all work together to make it a better book. So for me, that often means tightening, um, rethinking motivation sometimes. Um, I find that the hardest thing because I, I think the reason I find it difficult, to be honest, is that there's no time to put the book aside for a couple of months and just let it rest and come back with fresh eyes oh. because of the because of the tight schedule. I'm sort of immersed in it and then I'm immersed in it and then I'm immersed in it. And I never really have enough of a break to look at it with fresh eyes. So I find that a bit of a, a struggle, the revision process. And then after that, you know, the copy edit and everything, it's just by then you're so sick of it. Don't even want to look at it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can see that that would be a little challenging. Like you don't necessarily want to stay with the same thing over and over and over for yeah. a year. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like there's a real um, ebb and flow. I've discovered this is my I'm on to my fifth book now in a year, and I find now there's a nice um, sort of schedule to it. So I have my four months of four or five months of writing my first draft, but I'll interrupt that with, you know, a month of promoting tour, like tours for my book that comes out in the summer. And then I'll get my first draft done and then I'll do a bit of travel promotion and then I'll do my revisions and then I do. So there's ups and downs and it's broken up with uh, touring and traveling for, for work and so on and various festivals. So it's nice because I really enjoy the touring and the promotion and the travel. And that gives me a break from the, 
hard work of the writing and the revising. So it's it's nice. It's it's um, it's all doable, and it's um, if I'm really mired in revisions, I just think, oh well, soon I get to go to Guadalajara. <laughs> <laughs> do you or, do a lot or, of traveling for uh, to promote your work? I do. I like. I just got back from the UK. I was there for actually I was in New York for Thriller Fest a couple of weeks ago, and then I went almost directly to the United Kingdom and I did a tour there. And then I came home and I'm leaving on Tuesday for another tour in the U.S. So I'm going to Chicago, uh, St. Louis, and Houston. And then I had to come home and I'm going to get that first draft almost done. And then I'm going to Scotland for a festival there in September. And then in December I'm going to Guadalajara. So I always wow. have these. I always have these little you know, little travel holiday work things coming up, which cheer me up. So that's good. Well, that's good. Then you can kind of, you know, stop the perhaps tedium of of writing and editing (laughs) and you can have a bit of a break. Yeah, exactly. So how integral are you to the process of turning your books into audiobooks? Oh, I'm not involved at all, except that I am... the director of the audiobook will send me audio files of actors that um, they have in mind to be the narrator, and then I'll I'll listen to them and I'll decide which one I like the best of the ones that are available. And that's that's it really. Okay. Yeah, they ask me the pronunciations for certain names and so on, but um, beyond that, I I don't have any input. You have um, Kirsten Potter as your narrator for this book, and I really, really love her. So I was pleased to oh, see that, that she was um, that she was chosen. And we here at Book Bistro talk a lot about audiobooks and narrators, and you know who's good and maybe who you know we don't prefer as much. So I'm always interested in how authors kind of fit in or don't fit in to that part of of the process well she sent uh, they sent me her audio file and I think three others and I picked her and I remember I chose her for an earlier book of mine I think she did couple next door Um, I think that's true yeah and I think they have to work with who's available at that time when they're doing it too right so um so I I really liked her so yeah I was happy to have her back again because I think you've also had um Tavia Gilbert for um I think a stranger in the house it was yes I think so yeah Yeah, and and she's also very very good and I don't remember who did an unwanted guest I actually don't listen to them beyond like a few minutes because I'm so sick of the book by then (laughs) I don't want want to listen to it again (laughs) well and I think it would be sort of odd like to hear that kind of interpretation like of a, a work that you hear a certain way like in your head as you're writing it yeah um I'm wondering how that would be to actually hear someone else reading it and interpreting it. Yeah. Yeah. So are you much of a reader yourself? I'm a huge reader. I've always been a huge reader. Um, I wish I could read more than I do. I don't have as much time as I would like to read, which I think is sort of the bane of modern life for most people. Um, I get given books all the time by publishers and agents and writers, um, often because they want me to blurb their book or read it or tell me what I think, tell them what I think. Um, so I always have a huge stock of books on my to be read uh, pile. And, you know, I read a lot of thrillers. I read a lot of what's out now, but I also read a lot of, um, I read a lot of nonfiction and 
literary and I, I read a lot of different things. Ever since I have been reviewing books and talking about books, like on a podcast, I have been getting a ton of advanced copies and I so love you know them what I mean. so much. Yes yes, yes. yes. I love them so much. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I'm always like, Oh, I have this book and it doesn't come out until like March of yeah. next year. Yeah. But when it does, you know, so many people are going to love this, but hmm, I can't really talk about it now. I know. <laughs> and that's how I feel when I, when I'm promoting a, a thriller and, I want to talk about it, but I can't talk about anything to do with the plot because everything's a spoiler pretty much. Yes. So it makes yes. it hard to speak about a book. So but yeah. what have you read lately that you've loved and that you would recommend? Okay, I've got to get my head back around to what I've read lately. So I have read... Oh, my brain. I always go blank when, when people ask <laughs> me. I just started yesterday, and I haven't got very far yet, um, uh, The Chain by Adrian McGinty. Oh, yes. I love it. Do you? I Have love you it, it so much, yes. I, I I'm, only, I'm only partway in. I only, like, I'm very busy this week, so I'm only reading when I'm on the treadmill. Um, oh, on so the I'm, treadmill? <laughs> I'm busy. I'm between trips, so I, I've got a lot going on. But... Um, yeah, so I started that one. It's very intriguing. So you like yes, that Yes, I loved it a lot. Yeah. I did. And then um, uh, I've read, I've recently read Mary Kubica and Laura Lippman and Laura McHugh because I'm oh. uh, doing events. Ooh, I'm doing events with them next week in, in the U.S. So who, which of those ones made you go, ooh? All of them. I read the Laura Lippman. Um, uh -huh. I read it just after it came out. This is The Lady in the Lake? Yes. That's very yes. good. I love yeah. The Lady in the Lake. I loved it, too. And I have not read the um, Mary Kubica that's coming out in September, but I've read a bunch of her other ones that I've loved. Yes, she's really good. And the Laura McHugh is sitting on my iPad waiting oh, for me now. I highly recommend The Wolf Wants In. Which yes, it looks for, so good. For the title alone. Yes. What a brilliant thriller title, but it is such a well-written book. Yes, it's I so loved The Weight of Blood, um, which was I have not read that. Also oh. a great title. Yes, it is a very great title. She's a fantastic writer, so I'm very happy to have discovered her. So can you talk at all about what you're currently working on? Uh, not really. I'm, um, I'm uh, midway through the first draft. It's, again, a domestic thriller. Um, maybe I can just say it's about a man who may or may not have accidentally killed his first family. Oh. That I've he, told you more than I told anyone else. Okay. <laughs> well, he probably, oh, yeah. um, should not have, have killed his first family, whether, you know, <laughs> if, if he did, um, it's not oh, something I recommend. He could be perfectly innocent. Yeah, he could be. Or he might not be, and I truly don't know. That's something I have to figure out over the next couple of months. Well, I, I wish you luck with that. Um, <laughs> I imagine it will greatly affect the story, depending which way you decide. Uh-huh. Yes. So if readers want to get a hold of you online, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, I'm on, I have an author Facebook page. So just under my name, Sherry LaPena. So I should just mention Sherry is S-H-A-R-I and LaPena is L-A-P-E-N-A. -E so my name is my handle for my author Facebook page, my Instagram and my Twitter feed. 
And my um, my website is just www.sherrylapena.com. So if you go on there, you'll find out scads of stuff about me. And do you prefer one form of social media over another? Like, is there a place that you usually hang out? Um, I, I don't know. Like, Twitter I'm more comfortable with. I understand it better. I'm still having a hard time figuring out how Instagram works. I post there sometimes. But I do find, I'm trying to get more into that because that's where the fans are. The fans are all over Instagram, and I love them. They keep posting pictures of my book. <laughs> oh, see, um, Instagram is hard for me. It, it's it, very it's, visual. It's tricky, isn't it? I, I'm having a hard time figuring it out. And I'm, I'm not, I'm 58 years old. I'm not very good with technical things. So all this social media, and what drives me crazy is trying to figure out how to move between platforms. So if you see something, oh. I, don't know how to, I don't know how to get a photograph from my phone onto my Instagram or how to get from my Instagram onto my computer so I can put it into my author Facebook. Like, I'm really not good at it. I need some help. But um, <laughs> but but if, if on my author Facebook page I do answer uh, email on there and I answer my fan mail that comes in through my agent if it comes in by email. So I do interact quite a lot with my fans. Um, but yeah, well, Instagram. I appreciate I, that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so very much for talking with me today. It has been a pleasure to hear more about you and your writing. Um, I highly recommend that people pick up Someone We Know. Um, it's available wherever books are sold, and it is so, so fantastic. I read it in, like, an afternoon. Um, yes. <laughs> I curled That's what up. I like to hear. I curled up with my kitty cat and my iPad, and I said, all right, cat, let's go. <laughs> I kind of read a scary book. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Well, my cat will be glad to hear that because she sits beside me as I write all my books. Oh, and you'll yes. notice if, if you read the acknowledgments, you'll see that I acknowledge my cat in this particular book. Oh, see, I had the the audio like advanced oh, they copy. Don't have that. No, oh. that makes me sad. Oh, they might have it like in the actual like finished um, audio that goes, you know, to that people buy. But I had the advanced audio copy, so it was not there. I think they asked me. They said, you know, it's really boring for most people. Do, they, do I put it in? And I said, oh, no, you don't have to. But in the print one, um, I actually acknowledged my cat. And what is the kitty cat's name? Her name is Poppy. Uh, and she's right. right here right now. Yeah. Oh, greetings, <laughs> kitty cat. They are my favorite. I have a yeah. little patch tabby named Rhiannon, who I, I adore. Oh, that's good. I follow lots of cats on Twitter. <laughs> cats are great. They're like on YouTube and Twitter. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah. Well, good luck to you with your new novel and your impending trips. I hope everything goes really well. And I will be waiting and waiting to find out if um, your character did or did not kill his family next year. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. You take care and thank you so much. Thank you very much. And now, new releases. So, as always, this is not a comprehensive list, um, especially on a week like this week. There's just no way I could talk about everything that's coming out. Um, and honestly, I don't know about everything that's coming out, and I think that's probably okay. 
So this is a list of things that I've compiled. Most of them are things that are of interest to me or to one or more of my co-hostesses. Um, some things I just kind of think of as being of general interest to people who are likely to listen to this podcast. If you are particularly excited about something and I haven't mentioned it, please let me know. The more you tell me about the things that you love, the better job I can do at curating these lists. So the first several books are books that you've heard about before. Um, the first one is Life and Other Inconveniences by Kristen Higgins, and she is an author who is beloved by many of us here on Book Bistro. Stacy talked about this one way back at the beginning of the year when we were discussing our most anticipated books of 2019. We will also be airing an interview with Kristen Higgins in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that if you want to hear more about her and, in particular, life and other inconveniences. Now I'm going to talk about some books that were mentioned on our most anticipated books of August. The first two are books that Amber is excited about. They are historical fiction, um, The Women of the Copper Country by Mary Doria Russell, and fantasy, um, House of Salt and Sorrow, by Aaron A. Craig. Then we move on to a couple of things that Natalia is looking forward to, and I am also really excited about this next one. This is Outfoxed by Sandra Brown. It's her standalone romantic suspense title for the year. I'm so excited. And then we have Say You Still Love Me by K.A. Tucker, and I am a big fan of Tucker's writing as well. Then... Brooke mentioned a book called Hello Girls by Brittany Cavallero and Emily Henry, and that one is out this week. It is a young adult kind of like retake on Thelma and Louise. Stacy is very excited about The Right Swipe, which is the first book in Alicia Rye's new Modern Love series. And I read and loved T. Greenwood's Keeping Lucy, which is out this week as well. So all of those you can hear about on our most anticipated books of August. So definitely take a look if you are wanting more information about any of these. And now I have a bunch of books. Um, I actually had to stop looking after a while because there were just too many and this list was going to grow um, to kind of unmanageable proportions. So these are books that are coming out that we haven't mentioned before. And to start it off, I'm really excited that Karina Holly is releasing the first book in a new series. The series is called The Dumonts and the book is called Discretion. It reminds me a little bit of like a cross between J.R. Ward's The Bourbon Kings, and then some of the other kind of billionaire romances that are out in spades these days. Um, Karina Holly has just written a lot of really great stuff, and I'm anxious to see how this one is. So this is Discretion, and it's the Dumont's book one by Karina Holly. Now this next book, I have heard um, 
is being called the most important YA novel to come out since The Hate You Give. So this is I'm Not Dying With You Tonight, and the author is Jilly Siegel. This is the story of two girls, and it doesn't look like they were friends before this, this night, but they end up being pushed together and forced to rely on one another if they hope to survive this huge race riot that apparently envelops their city. So this is I'm Not Dying With You Tonight, and it is by Jilly Siegel. I could not talk about new books this week without talking about the new Ruth Ware novel, which is out today. It is The Turn of the Key, and it is everything that Ruth Ware is known for writing. It's creepy, it's suspenseful, it's eerie. Um, I just, I loved everything about it. It's one of my top thrillers of the year. Um, I, it ties as my favorite Ruth Ware novel with last year's The Death of Mrs. Westway. The technology in this book is so, so frightening and not all that far from things that we're seeing um, in today's like actual technology. So anyway, once again, it's The Turn of the Key and it's by Ruth Ware and I highly, highly recommend it. If I could make a whole podcast in which I talk about Ruth Ware, that would be great. And I would spend the first like huge amount of the show talking about this one. All right. So next up is The Birthday Girl by Melissa Dela Cruz. This is her 50th novel. And it is a mystery. I am going to sit down with Melissa later on in the week. So you'll be hearing an interview with her in the next couple of weeks. So definitely stay tuned for that. If you've read her books before, or if you've always been interested in her, um, but her new novel is called The Birthday Girl. And once again, the author is Melissa Dela Cruz. So a lot of us here on Book Bistro really enjoy urban fantasy. Um, Unlike many of my co-hostesses, though, I don't tend to enjoy the lighter, kind of fluffier urban fantasies. So this next book is by an author that I have not read, but I know a lot of people love her. So this is Reticence, and it's the fourth book in the Custard Protocol series by Gail Carriger. And I know that in audio especially, people love her because Moira Cork does a lot of her narrations. So I can't tell you too much about this. I don't know. Other than that, people say her books are just really, really hilarious um, and all kinds of fantastic. So if you love lighter urban fantasy, you're probably familiar with Gail Carriger. And you will want to check out this latest installment in the Custard Protocol series, which is called Reticence. Now, 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 we are going to talk about something I love. What do I love? Thrillers, creepy, twisty books. Yes, that's one of the things I love. So this is The Runaway. The author is Holly Overton. This is her third novel. I adored um, Baby Doll, which was her first book. And then even more, I loved The Walls, which she released back in 2017. So this is Runaway. And, or, I'm sorry, it's The Runaway, not to be confused with Harlan Coben's book with a similar title. But The Runaway is the story of 
a teenage girl who goes missing in L.A., and her foster mother, who also happens to be a psychiatrist who is employed by the LAPD, is plunged into this search of the criminal underworld of L.A. in hopes of bringing this teenage girl home. So this, once again, is The Runaway, and it is the latest standalone novel by Holly Overton. I've also been hearing a ton of great stuff about The Wolf Once In, which is the third novel from author Laura McHugh. This is another thriller, and I read her debut several years ago. It's called The Weight of Blood. I loved it a lot. I have her second novel, Arrowwood, sitting here. I haven't read it yet, but I want to, and now this one is out, and I, of course, want to read it as well. So this, as I said, is a thriller, and... Basically, it's about a woman who is forced to confront some really difficult truths about her mother's death. I don't know more than that, and I'm okay with that. So this is The Wolf Wants In by Laura McHugh. So let's shift gears a little bit and talk briefly about some young adult fantasy. Um, this is The Dragon Republic, and it's a series... Um, called The Poppy War. I read the first book last year and I loved the first half of it so much. Then it kind of got into a lot of military strategy and I didn't find myself enjoying it as much as I'd hoped. But if you love The Poppy War, then you'll definitely want to pick up The Dragon Republic because it's the sequel and apparently picks up right where The Poppy War left off. Okay, so we have another young adult fantasy, and this is Remember Me. The author is Chelsea Babolski, and it's about a woman, like a young woman, who is struggling to unearth and understand her connections to this old eerie hotel. Now, if you want to read this in hard copy print or in an ebook, you can. It's out this week, but if you want it in audio, Take a deep, deep breath and wait until April of 2020 because that's when it's coming out in audio. I'm not sure why so long after the other formats, but there it is. Anyway, this is Remember Me, and the author is Chelsea Babolski. Okay, we are back to thrillers. I just finished reading this um, last night and I was really enthralled with it. This is Because You're Mine. It's the second novel by Rhea Frey and it's about three people. They are all connected to this seven-year-old boy who has a sensory processing disorder. One of them is his mother, one of them is his mother's best friend, and the third person is his tutor. So at the end of a 48-hour trip that his mother takes with a group of friends, someone is dead, but we don't know who. Maybe it's her, maybe it's another one of their friends, maybe it's her son or the tutor. If you want to find out who, you will have to read it. It is super twisty and so, so delightful. It's Because You're Mine, and the author is Rhea Frey. So 
how about another mystery? I love books about people on the run. I think I've said this a bunch of times. So this next book made me happy in so many ways. This is All the Lovely Pieces. And the author is J.M. Winchester. I've not heard of this author, but I definitely plan to check them out really soon. So All the Lovely Pieces is a story about a woman who is running not only from her abusive husband, but also from some crimes that she committed in the past. So once again, it's All the Lovely Pieces, and the author is J.M. Winchester. Next up is the debut novel by author Autumn Krauss. This is Address for the Wicked. And if you love books like The Bells by Danielle Clayton, then this is going to be the perfect book for you. It's also a little bit similar to Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim in that it has to do with a fashion show and people kind of competing for some really great like high honors. Um, I'm super excited for this. I loved the bells, so I'm hoping that this one is just as good. And once again, it's called The Address for the Wicked, and the author is Autumn Krauss. So one of the things that we talk about a lot here um, on Book Bistro is, is friendship and the strong relationships that women form with one another. So this next book kind of hits on that. It's called We Are All Good People Here. And the author is Susan Rebecca White. It's about two best friends who are forced to deal with the repercussions of some mistakes that they made in their own youth. And the reason that they have to deal with these now is somehow related to their own daughters who are apparently also really good friends. So this looks like it'll be kind of intense, um, perhaps a little bit sad, but I definitely want to check it out. It is We Are All Good People Here, and it is by Susan Rebecca White. This next one should have been featured on our Tear Jerkers episode. This is All the Water in the World by Karen Rainey. And it's a young adult novel about a teenager who is trying to come to terms with her cancer diagnosis. And she wants to experience all these things in life that she might not be able to um, if cancer ends up taking her life. So it looks very, very sad. But I am eager to read it because I like a good sad book every now and then. So it's All the Water in the World, and it is by Karen Rainey. And we're going to hang on to the young adult uh, train here. This is by an author that I've not read before, but I really am intrigued by this series. Um, this is Vow of Thieves, and it is the second book in Mary E. Pearson's Dance of Thieves series. I can't tell you very much about it other than that the first book did really, really well, um, has gotten a lot of positive reviews, so I definitely need to check it out. But this is the second one, and it is Vow of Thieves, Dance of Thieves, number two, by Mary E. Pearson. And we are back with mysteries here, because I have a lot of them that I love, um, or that I think I will love. I don't actually know. 
This next one is The Perfect Wife, and it's the latest novel by J.P. Delaney. And J.P. Delaney is best known for writing The Girl Before, and last year, a book called Believe Me. And the thing that I find about this author is that the books always seem really, really good in the synopsis, but then as I read them, I find some kind of implausible things that make it hard for me to fall into the story. So I don't know if that's the case here. I have not read this one yet, um, but it's The Perfect Wife and it's by J.P. Delaney. And I have to talk about I Spy by Claire Kendall, who's an author who's gotten a lot of attention, especially for her first book, which was called The Book of You. But I Spy is the story of Holly, and Holly has always wanted to be a spy. But what if someone is spying on her now? Um, that, that's a big problem. So this is I Spy, and it is by Claire Kendall. And the last book that I want to talk about is called Lost You. It's by Halen Beck. I read this last week and really loved it. It has kind of a familiar plot. Um, a young boy goes missing. But this one takes some really unexpected turns. Um, it's set in this really elaborate resort. And this boy gets into an elevator. Um, before his mother can catch up to him, but when the elevator door opens the next time, he's not there. So where is he? Who took him? And why does his mother seem to know more about this than she's letting on to the police who are trying to find her missing child? Um, this was just so, so fantastic. Um, I really urge you to pick it up if you're looking for a good, suspenseful, missing child story. Once again, it's called Lost You. And the author is Halen Beck. So that is all for me. Today I've given you, I hope anyway, lots of things for your TBR piles. Um, mine grows so big each time I do one of these episodes. So definitely feel free to let me know if you picked any of these up, if you love them, if you didn't. Um, I'm always happy to know what people think about books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, it kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.